Greetings and welcome back to TanakhStudy.com. My name is Yitzchak Et Shalom. We are studying Sefer Divrei Hayamim, Chronicles. We're in the first half of Divrei Hayamim, what's known as Divrei Hayamim Aleph. Um, even though, of course, Chazal, as we mentioned several times, we're familiar just with Divrei Hayamim. And uh, we have recently been looking at the lineage of Shevet Yehuda. And now we shift to Reuven, which will lead us in uh, another direction. Uvnei Reuven... This is Perakai the Pesukalaf. Nevruven Bachor Yisrael. He was indeed the firstborn of Yaakov. Kiwa Bachor. And it's indicating, in the spite of the fact that he was the Bachor, when he defiled his father's bed. That's a, a reference to the story with Bilha in Breshit Lamed Hay. And uh, his Bechora was given, meaning the double portion was given to B'nai Yosef. seems to mean that, not that Yosef is going to be called the Bechor, but that Yosef got the double portion. So therefore it's still appropriate to refer to Reuven as Bechor Yisrael, and that's why the reference, Ki Hu HaBechor. And then we get another reference to the other leader in the family, Ki Yehuda Gavar Be'echav, Ulanagid Mimenu, Vabachorali Yosef. So Yehuda was the strongest of his brothers, or took over his brothers, took over the leadership, and therefore he was the leader of them, and the Bechora, meaning the double portion, went to Yosef, and Reuven is still called the Bechor. Okay, so we're now explaining um, why uh, Yehuda has been mentioned first, and why Reuven, in spite of him being the Bechor, does not have the Bechora. And as you recall, Reuven and God approached Moshe Rabbeinu, this is uh, uh, detailed in Bamidbar Lamed Bet, after the conquest of the East Bank, and asked uh, to be able to settle there and not to cross over to the West Bank, and then negotiations, ultimately, uh, Reuven God were given uh, territory on the East Bank with the famous condition of being the vanguard of the combatants in uh, in the war on the West Bank, which is detailed, of course, in Sefer Yoshua. Uh, and now, B'nei Reuven B'chor Yisrael, Chanochu Faluch I'm sure that you're thinking about the half of Menashe. I'll mention them when we get to them in this parak and explain why I did not group them together. B'nei Reuven B'chor Yisrael, so again, we have a lineage, Chanochu Faluch exactly the names we read in Breshit, and now, Bnei Yoel, Shmayavano, Gogbano, Shimivano, Michavano, Raayavano, Baalbano, these are all now a lineage, Beiravano, Asher Hegla, Tiglat Pilneser, Pilneser is who we know as Tiglat Pileser, who was the king of Ashur during the early conquest, the conquest of the East Bank, Melech Ashur, Asher Hunasi La Uveni. Uh, so, uh, this Be'ira was the uh, ruler over Ruvain at the time of the exile, which is in the middle of the 8th century BCE. Now we get that lineage. Um, these are towns that we're familiar with from uh, the end of Bamidbar, or from Perak Lamed Bet, when it is given out. And now, interestingly enough, is that earlier on, Reuven, we did not hear about this anywhere else in Tanakh, B'nai Reuven were very successful and in- increased their territory to the east, they came almost all the way to the Euphrates. They had great ca- uh, cattle and growth uh, in the Gilad, which is where they settled. Now we go back to the times of Shaul. 
Now, we don't know about the Higrim from elsewhere. There are those who think that it's related to Bnei Yishmael ben Hagar, or Higrim may be a particular name of a tribe that's a desert tribe. By Pluvi Adam, meaning the Higrim fell into Ruvain's hands. These are glory times for Ruvain. By Shubalem al Gilad. And the, the Ruvainites lived in the tents of these four of these Higrim. Uh, all the way east of Gilad, all the way towards the Prat. Okay, that's Ruvain. Ufnegad, Lenegdam, meaning Benegad were corresponding with them a little bit to the north. Yashub Eretz Habashan Ad Salcha. Now the Bashan, which is sort of the foothills, as it were, of the Golan, in, in Babibar, seems to be given to half of Menashe, but evidently here, Gilad, God goes further north than uh, than, than that, and goes to the Bashan. Yoel Harosh, he seems to be the head of the tribe, Shafam Hamishda, his second in command of Shafam. So we have these um, these leaders. And again, a very long lineage, taking us to the time of the destruction of the eastern. Um, tribes, which is the middle of the 8th century, all the way back to Yitzhak That's where they settled. When was this lineage uh, put together? In the time that Yotam, who was the king of Yehuda, this is Yeravam ben Yoash, again, the middle of the 8th century, BCE, Melech Yisrael, and that's when this Yichus was put together, because afterwards they were gone. And we'll hear about what happens to them as follows. So, but Ruben and God, v'chatsi shevet menashe. Now, half of menashe. How do they get into the story? We'll get. We'll cover that when we get to the end of this. Min bnei chayel anashim nosim again v'cherav dorchei kashet. These are people who carry uh, so, uh, shields and swords, and uh, and dorchei uh, kashet means they they stretch the bow. Or lumudei mochama. They're experienced at war. Abayim varbai elef hushvam yot v'shim yotzei tzava. So 44,760 members of the army of these three tribes, which is roughly the number that we read about, are Ba'im Elef, uh, in, uh, in Sif Yoshua as the vanguard that crossed. I assume the but this is much later in the opposite direction. They, this is the war against the Higrim that we mentioned. V'yatur v'nafish v'nodav. Yatur and Nafish are two of the names that we're familiar with, with Avraham's sons who he sent further to the east. Again, that we defeated the Higrim. And now we get the theological explanation. They cried out to God in war. God responded to their tefillah. Take a look in Breshit Chafev. They trusted God. So they conquered, and this is reminiscent of the War of Midian, which of course connects with Ruben and God. So they conquered 50,000 camels and uh, 250,000 sheep and another 2,000 donkeys and 100,000 people who then are become slaves. And indeed, many corpses fell, many bodies fell. The war comes from God. And they stayed there until they were exiled. Now, we're going to hear about Chatsi Menashe. Chatsi Menashe, it's important to note, was not part of the original approach to Moshe Rabbeinu asking for land on the East Bank. Uh, half of Menashe 
um, was already evidently supposed to be given that territory. And so when Reuven and God asked for the territory that was not originally supposed to be given to them, further south on the east bank, on the other side of the Yardane, you notice the Manasseh's territory is above the Kinneret, so it's not really on the other side of the Yardane, so they were then included in the deal. Uh, that's the Machir family. Um, so they went all the way up to the Hermon, which is further north than mentioned in Bamidbar, and they increased again. We're going to read more about Shevet Menashe later on in Divrei Amim, some interesting stories. These are all great heroes. Now, what happened to these three, two, two, three tribes, really? They rejected or they, they defiled their God. They went after the local gods. God had destroyed these other gods, and they went after them anyways. So God inspired Pool, the king of Ashur. Again, that's Tiglat Pilaser and Malachim. Malach Ashur. They were exiled. This is nearly exactly the description of the places that the northern tribes were taken to, as you read in Malachim Bet Perakid Zayin. Okay, and that it does it for the east tribes. So we've covered Yehuda. And we covered the East Tribes. We, of course, covered Shimon briefly, because that's what they got. And now, on to Levi. B'nei Levi. Gershon Kahatum Rari. We know those names from Shemot. Uvnei Kahat Amram Yitzhar V'chevron V'uziel. Again, we know these Kahat's sons. Uvnei Amram Aharon Moshe V'miriam. Again, we know the family. Uvnei Aharon Nadav V'hu Elazar Tamar. No mention here about the death of Nadav and Avihu. And now we go to the critical line of Kuhuna, which is El-Azar. And from here to the end of the parak, it's all about the Kohanim HaGadolim. El-Azar holided Pinchas, we familiar with Pinchas, Pinchas holided Avishua. Avishua holided Buki, Buki holided at Uzi. These are not names we're familiar with from elsewhere until... In a little bit, at Notice the family of Eli is not included here. Achituv is a name we might know, except it's not the same Achituv. Achituv holid et Tzadok. Now Tzadok is critical because he is the Kohen that David brings in who is not from the family of Eli. Tzadok holid Achimatz. We know Achimatz who is the runner who wants to tell the David that Avshalom uh, died and he's the one who tells Gets the message of David about the about Absalom's rebellion. Achimatz holidet Azariah, Azariah holidet Yochanan. Coin. Yochanan holidet Azariah, who Asher kihin b'vayet Hashemana Shlomo b'Mishalayim. Special mention of Azariah as the Kohen in the house that Shlomo built. Not Azariah at Amariah. Amariah holidet Achituv. Achituv again mentioned names coming back. Achituv holidet Sadok again. Sadok holidet Shalom. Shalom. Holid. At Chilkiah, Chilkiah we know as the father of Yirmiyah, Chilkiah holid at Azariah, Azariah holid at Asrayah, Asrayah holid at Yotzadak, and this takes us to Tzadak, Halach, Bahaglot, Adonai, Yehuda, Rishalayim, Biyad, Nebuchad, Metzar. He, Nebuchad, Metzar, Yotzadak, was the Kohen HaGadol at the time of the destruction of Rishalayim in the hands of the Bavlim in the year 586 BCE, and that is the lineage. We are going to hear more about the Levim in the next chapter. In the meantime, we'll pause at this point and wish everybody a wonderful day and continued uh, enjoyment of the study of Tanakh. Shalom.